You are now entering the Bronx. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. <laughs> You're on the bright side with Kevin and Jason. I am your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. And summer is here. Yay. Have you noticed summer has arrived in Los Angeles? All my plants are dying. Yay. Oh. <laughs> no. I've been like doing uh, damage control because like I try to water them as little as possible yeah. because they're drought tolerant plants. Oh, okay. And, uh, but it's it's been... not like a domination thing? <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't no, know what kind no of safe word with me with plants. <laughs> I don't know what kind of relationship you have with plants. I mean, I could see you getting yeah. very dumb about it. Yeah. Good plant. You get some water. Exactly. <laughs> Bad plant. I'm gonna clip you. <laughs> it's like, yes, thank you. I, yeah, I'm not a gardener myself, so if that's a, a thing that you get into, I don't know. <laughs> but wait. So your plants are dying. Do they well, do this every summer? No. Well, yeah, they they die back a little bit, and then they they like they keep the leaves that they only need to live. Oh, okay. Because it's too hot, they don't want to produce leaves. It's kind of like how in winter tr- trees lose their leaves because mm-hmm. it it keeps the the snow and leaves. It's too heavy, a tree will fall down. It's the circle of life. <laughs> why is Why is Barry Gibbs singing that song right now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> fine <laughs> but yeah i think that uh you know the days are long now and i love the long days mm-hmm. that right. i can get into yeah i hate the sun as we know i'm not a fan i went for a run without a shirt on the other day because i was feeling good about myself and then i came back red <laughs> so i felt less good about did myself did you not have sunblock on i forgot jason t gaff no i i never forget and this time i forgot so don't say never okay that was inaccurate i <laughs> <laughs> I almost never forget. We need you to stick around, okay? We can't have you getting the melanomas and the things. Melanoma. Why is that a musical now? It's from, No, it's from uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It is? Yeah. Oh, the musical. There's a woman, she's like, my husband died from melanoma. And everyone's wow. like, melanoma. Wow. I have not seen that show. I should. It's really good. Actually. The I movie it is yeah. incredible. I love I've the movie. I've never seen the movie. <gasps> I know. What? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. We have a, a special guest. We do have a special guest, and she is sitting on the couch between us right now. Her name is Izzy. She Say, was supposed to be a guest a long time ago, but then it didn't work out. Right. Say and, hi, Izzy. That was me trying to rattle her her uh, collar. I don't think like, she liked it. Staring at you like, what the hell are you doing to me? <laughs> but like you said, she's very calm. Yeah, and that's good. She's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Not my dogs would not be. We would not be able to record any clean audio Luke, with my dogs. Leia, Luke, <laughs> Leia, Luke, <laughs> and the scrabbling around and the barking and the craziness. Yeah, yeah. could it'd be They're, very bad. But I she's love very good. Them, though. Luke and Leia, I love them. Well, I do too. But um, anyway, uh, <laughs> but they're bad dogs. So we can just agree that they're bad dogs. <laughs> They're just needy dogs. They're great, but they're just bad dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're on the bright side, and thanks everybody who uh, is engaging with our polls and everything. Yes, we uh, have a result. We have another result of a poll. We what? have a result from our Spring Break episode. Okay, what was it? Uh, the poll was, um, when did you stop attending Spring Break? Right. Uh, 
Zero percent said I still go. Okay, that's good. So nobody in our listening audience is younger than oh, okay, X sure. number of years. Sure. So that makes sense. Twenty uh, percent said after college. Okay. Sixty uh, percent said never went. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in that group. Yeah, and then twenty uh, percent said I'm in eighty people. That was my vote, though. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. We uh, we value all lives, especially eighty people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eighty people lives matter. Yep. Thanks for being part of the poll. Yeah. There's a new one up now. I'm sure. I'm sure by now. And uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't heard our Coke episode, new Coke, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna be in for a good time. Yeah, indeed. We we certainly were. I had a great time. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but we're, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about something that we're getting into a little bit later. It's mysterious. It's another fantastic week of terrible news uh, <laughs> this week where we're just, especially this week, it's been in the in the area of world diplomacy. Yeah, which yeah. is... Uh... We, uh, now, now apparently North Korea's our friend, but Canada's the enemy. Okay, everybody switch your calendars. Canada's yeah. the bad guy now, and North Korea's the good guy. Yeah. So. I want to speak for all Americans when I say, fuck that shit. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a world upside down, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> Canadian steel is national security threat. Just put that, you know, yeah. make sure you know that. But North Korea, fine. We're fine with totally that. Totally fine. No totally. problem. Um, but so we're also not talking about that. <laughs> we're going to get into some topic of human tragedy coming up here. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. But before we do, uh, we're talking about the bright spot. Yay! All right, a bright spot is something that we are. What, in, what were you able to find this week? Oh no, there's something so cool. Really? Yeah, absolutely. This week in Chicago, um, they held a independent Chicago Independent School District wide uh, Gay Straight Alliance prom. What? Yeah. So the the schools themselves had their individual proms, but prom is so heteronormative, yep. as you probably know, as yep. I certainly know, and I'm sure many many people who are listening know. I got a prom story afterwards. I have a prom story too, <laughs> uh, but before we get there, we'll talk about our own proms in a minute. But um, the whole 150 like um, well 150 students from over 30 schools joined that. at one of the public schools in Chicago on the south side. And had a gay straight alliance prom where, you know, all of those rules were just out the window. I love that. There was still a, king, a prom king and queen, but people put their own names in for consideration into like which category they want. Exactly, to whatever you want to be, you can go for. And um, you know, and so a, a king and a queen were chosen by like by fishing out of the bowl. Oh, so it wasn't even like a vote. And you didn't have to vote for it. You know, you were just chosen. Like, two people were just chosen, like the king and the queen. It. Yeah, it was a lottery. And, uh, and But it just takes all that voting and all of the, and also the, the, the pressure to be straight, you know, and all yeah. the stuff uh, out of it. And I think that that's so cool that these high school students get to have that experience, yeah. you know? And because it's not, you know, gay, straight uh, proms. Uh, this one in Chicago has been going on since 2011. But and so they just had it this week, you know. So that's why I I'm, I wanted to highlight it on the bright spot because I think it's a wonderful thing yeah. and it's so cool that they can have that experience, yeah. you know. I never had that experience in Texas. No, growing up. Happy Pride, by the way. Before Happy we Pride, jump into Texas. Yes, exactly. We're there. Uh, <laughs> I did have, you know what? In, at, at NYU, they had a gay prom, like a queer prom. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had. So I had that experience in uh, in in college. Uh, but never in high school, you know, for what, sure. What's your prom story? Oh, I was dumped at prom. From yeah, the the, the the woman, yeah, the girl that I was dating, uh, dumped me at prom after I paid for dinner. 
Wow, that's a real <laughs> dick move. It was so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's yours? <laughs> oh, should I not have led? <laughs> well, mine's way less hostile. I'll say that. Um, so, the school I went to in the final couple years of schooling didn't have a problem because it was like only three hundred students, wow. K through twelve. Okay, wow. And um, but I got invited to a friend of mine's prom. She went to an all Catholic. What school. school was that? What snowflake school did you go to your last two years? Sudbury Valley. There you go. And. Uh, uh, so I went to her prom. I was her her guest, mm-hmm. and she knew I was gay, and it was just I was there as a friend. She mm-hmm. didn't have anyone she was dating, and so I went. It was a total blast, and we we won best couple. Really, the the, the faculty voted, so we ended up being like the only thing that a guy could win at that school. I won. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way better story than my story. <laughs> I, I just love that. Like, I went to a Catholic girls' school's prom and won the award. You did. They didn't have. Oh well, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So anyway, I I just thought I saw that story this week and I thought that the world is changing and it's changing for the better if a giant school district like that can get together and actually support something like that. Right. You know. And I mean, there's a long way to go. For students who are queer. Yeah. Uh, but, no. you know, because a lot of people don't get that. But yeah. these kids did, and I'm happy for them. What you doing, Izzy? Come join you us. You might hear the dog scrabbling around a little bit. She got down off the couch, but she's coming back now. She's very excited. Come here. Get back here. She wants to talk about her prom. Yeah. It she was, was rough. The... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. But you didn't see that dad joke coming. That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Every night with me can be rough. Well, just talk to your plants. <laughs> you didn't do enough to get water. Help us. Please help us. Repot us, please. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the bright spot. Tell us your prom stories. What? No, no. Oh. <laughs> Not you. I heard your I prom story. I just did. I'm saying tell uh, people at home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Send us your problem stories at uh, Brightside K and J. Yeah. I finally, by the way, figured out what our Twitter was. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It's been like two months. Yes, thank you. So what do you have for us? What the hell are we talking about today? Well. What are we going to dig into? It's a doozy. All right, what are we talking about? Ghosts. Cool. Who are you going to call? The Ghostbusters? No, a doctor because you're hallucinating. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Or you're high. Okay. Or both. Okay. So today's topic is the Greenbrier ghost. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've never heard of this in my life. Yeah, it's a little bit ghost story. Cool. A little bit history. It's a little bit country. Exactly. It's a little bit rock and roll. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, picture it. West Virginia, 1983. Oh, okay. If you fucking mention when you were born. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to me. If one time in this episode, Wait. hold on. If one time, <laughs> it's a typo. It should be eighteen ninety three. Fine. Hey, it stands. It stands. You can find that. You can find a way to make that about your birth. Ugh. I actually think it should be eighteen eighty three. I don't know. It's the eighteen hundred. Eighteen eighty three. Yeah. Okay. So, Elva fine. Zona. If you, if you, if I hear one hundred and two years before Jason Gaffney. <laughs> some pain. Yes. Real pain. Like not, the, you're gonna, like not going to be plants. hallucinating it, okay? <laughs> I need a doctor. <laughs> um, 
So Elva Zona Heaster is born. Okay. Thanks to history, not giving a fuck about women, <laughs> we know very little about her. Okay. All right, up until the moment that she became the Greenbrier Ghost. She is the Greenbrier Ghost. She will be the Greenbrier Ghost. All right, uh, well, at least we know that. Yeah. About her. Okay, what do we know? Or... What else do we need to know about her, really? Uh, <laughs> if you're a ghost, what else do we need to know? <laughs> there's, a, there's a story to get there. Okay, sure. So she... Oh, we're not done? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> the bright side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she lived near Richlands during her childhood, and she had a baby while not being married in 1895. Okay. But that's, like, literally the last thing I read about the baby. Mm-hmm. I went to a bunch of sites, and, like, everyone's like, she had a baby out of wedlock. And then nobody mentions the baby, nobody mentions the kid, okay. ever again. Okay. So I'm asking you, where's the real mystery here? Uh, with that guy, I guess. The father. <laughs> yeah. That's the real mystery. Who, who the hell was that? Who's the baby daddy? That's right. Um, so no name, no uh, gender. I think it's Kanye. You think it's Kanye? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that they didn't even check to see if it was non-binary. What? I don't think they knew the word non-binary. <laughs> All right. So anyway. What's <laughs> <laughs> your favorite thing about this story? They didn't even check. <laughs> How unconscientious of them. I know. How do you identify <laughs> <laughs> I'm a baby. One goo for yeah. male, one ga for yeah. Ga. Um, oh, you're a little girl. Yeah. So anyway, in October of 1896, at the ripe age of 22, she met a man named Erasmus, or Edward Stribling Trout Shoe, who was about 11 years older than her. All right, these names are fucking awesome. Yeah. All right, <laughs> Zona Heaster and fucking Erasmus Stribling Trout Shoe. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> The names just get better. Like, who was hallucinating their parents? Okay. Like, here's a bright side to West Virginia. Their names are fucking awesome. Amazing. You better come up with good names, West Virginia. What on earth is like? What is that? Stribling trout shoe? Yeah, it's a family name. <laughs> what, a family of fish. <laughs> I'm a fish. <laughs> so he was a vagrant. Okay. Uh, not because he was older. He wasn't he, a vagrant because he was older? No, he was He was a vagrant, vagrant because he had no money. Yeah, he, he didn't live anywhere. No job, no home. He was a run-of-the-mill bad boy, wandering Ooh. from town to town, living the single life. Wow. Yeah. He's the type of guy that likes to roam around. Yeah. I, there's so many songs in my head with this episode. Thank you. And, and uh, every one of them is time inappropriate. I Appreciate know. it. <laughs> so, of course, as we can guess, this single mom... With head over heels for him. Sure. Who wouldn't be head over heels for a traveling man vagrant who had no job or yeah. money? And I'm going to tell you, I saw a photo of him and, like, he could get it. Did he have a beard? You know, I think he was clean shaven. Okay. But he had, like, a caveman forehead. So he had no money, but he had a razor. A caveman forehead? You know, like, how when someone has, like, a really right. big brow and, it, like, you kind of look like a caveman? Sure. He it's was kind like, of thuggish and kind of brutish yeah, like and you hot. kind of liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I was like, I want to be your plant. It's sort of a Marlon Brando vibe, wasn't <laughs> want, it? Yeah. Uh, you want to be your plant. <laughs> you totally would be a sub-plant for this yeah. guy. Be okay. like, oh, I need water. <laughs> um, and he'd be like, no. And I'd be like, oh, oh thank you. <laughs> I'm thirsty for you, Trout. Yeah. So he came to this town. To find a new life, just like Lucy in Jekyll and Hyde, the musical. That's a... You're weird. A new life. You're so weird with your... <laughs> Didn't you call me, like, Diane from the chorus line, and now you've got Lucy in Jekyll and Hyde? My God. You're welcome, Broadway. Happy I mean, Tonys. All right, but that's not who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> they will. I know. They will. <laughs> You're okay. We need to do an episode on your knowledge of like obscure secondary female characters <laughs> in Broadway musicals. So okay, they are always so inspirational. Oh, totally. All right. He'd been taught how to be a blacksmith apparently from his father. Erasmus along... had. Yeah, Erasmus. All right. Um. Uh, a long time, and this town needed an additional one, I guess. This town needs a blacksmith. Yeah. yeah. So he was hired by James Crookshanks, and he was on his way. <laughs> Another great, great name. West Virginia. West Virginia. <laughs> uh, um, so James Crookshanks was a blacksmith, and he hired this drifter. He's like, hey, Trout, I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Nice job. <laughs> So, uh, shortly after he booked his job, uh, and he... He's not an actor. <laughs> what are you... <laughs> hey, Ma, I booked it! I'll be making horseshoes! <laughs> He's right. not Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> I guess in my head, I, that's just how I refer to getting you a do. job. I know, you really do. I just wanted to call it out. Well, he started pounding that metal, oh. and the uh, two infamous lovebirds would soon meet. Erasmus and Zona? Yep. Okay. It was love at first smelt. Ah. For those at home, I look like the dog from the meme that said a terrible joke. Mm-hmm. And I look like the person <laughs> clicking to the next page. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> So, despite objections from her mother, Mary Jane Heaster, mm-hmm. I like it, Mary Jane, like marijuana. Sure. Like, this story is just a great... Yeah. Yeah. So, the two would marry on October 20th, 1896, okay. and live happily for a long time. Good. At least until January 23rd, 1897. Three months. So, a long time for you is from October to January? <laughs> Three months. This is, like, this isn't in Trump administration <laughs> years, okay? In Trump administration <laughs> years, that's a very long time. That's in 1896? Like, for... That's the time it took a letter to get from Boston to New York. <laughs> That's like uh, four Scaramucci's or whatever. <laughs> they were happy for the four Scaramucci's. Yeah. When Elva Zona Heaster okay. would be found dead. What? Yep. She was found... In January of the next year? Mm-hmm. Oh. She was found by a young boy who you, had been sent over... You should over... telegraph this in some kind of ways because then I was all laughing about it and then... But okay, fine. <laughs> oh, trust me. I've set this up so that you're going to look real oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. Have I already dug my grave, yeah. so to speak? Okay. Um, so so uh, she was found by this young boy that had been sent over to the house on an errand from Edward Stribling Trout Shoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wanted the boy to fetch uh, him some eggs or something like that. Okay. It was like, and he and he was also fishy. like, talk to my wife, uh, Elva Zona Heaster, and ask her if she needs anything from the store. Okay, Edward Stribling Trout Shoe. <laughs> uh, I just like it's like an old timey text message. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. <laughs> Do you need anything from the store? <laughs> <laughs> you said a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, a side note for our listeners, and for Kevin, because he doesn't know this. Right. Well, I'm listening. Yeah, oh, that's true. I found a site uh, that was super cool, by the way, with articles about this experience, kind of from start to finish, like, Mm -hmm. with, like, about the everything. Uh, And the thing I didn't like was that because it was such an old paper being the late 1800s, when they talk about the young boy, they reveal that he was black, but they use a very different word. Oh, no. And they just refer to him as that. What? Yeah, the whole time. They're like, and then the boy went to the store no. and yeah it was like like you don't need to you could just say 
boy, then the young boy. Wow. <laughs> but uh, but they needed to specify. So anyway, anyway, the boy goes to the house and searches for eggs and finds none. Okay. Right? Don't you usually take eggs to a house, like from from something? I guess he needed to like collect them. Maybe he was bringing them to market. I'm not sure. Okay. Um. So, uh, therefore, he did the next logical thing, and that was to go knock on the door of the house to find uh, Zona Heaster. Mm-hmm. Right? No answer. Uh-oh. So, what's the next most logical thing to do? Uh, go to a market for eggs. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you just you just call Amazon. Yeah. Like, not call. You well, don't call Amazon. The so old-timey the, Amazon. Yeah, the next the next logical thing is you order the eggs from fucking from a catalog. Fresh Direct, and there you go. <laughs> uh, so he opened the unlocked door of the house and entered. Because, <laughs> like, that's normal. Well, um, different times, I guess. Yeah. So when the boy entered the house, he found her at the bottom of the stairs laying there. Oh, boy. One of the sites said that the boy thought she might have been asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I often sleep at the bottom of my stairs. <laughs> <laughs> was, well, I wish I was like my dogs, though, yeah. where just wherever they fall, that's where they sleep. Yeah, it's they're just, just like, this is a great place. Thunk. Like right now, yeah, Izzy, Izzy is just between us again. Oh. She, she explored a moment, but now she's between us again. She's happy again. So a lot of sites also mention the fact that her feet were together, her body completely straight, and one of her hands was on her stomach. The other, only other thing out of place was that her head was slightly drooping to one side. So, like, she's perfectly straight in place, and one arm is right beside her. Like, she's perfectly straight. Okay. If you had, like, fallen down the stairs, or, yeah, like, or even if you straight. just fell down, you're not going to be perfectly straight. Pro- probably. So, um... There's no situation in my life in which I'm perfectly straight, so... <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, so I, I don't blame him for trying to find, like, an innocent explanation for why she's laying at the bottom of the stairs, like, by saying she's sleeping. Because, mm-hmm. like, he's a young boy, and death is scary. Sure. So when he realized she was dead, the boy ran home to his mother and told her, and then ran to Edward Stribling Trout Shoe, and uh, told him... You have to... If, if, if he's going to continue to be a character in this, in this you, you have to stop that. <laughs> you have to call him Razzie or something. Oh, no, no. He's going to give you... Yep. He's going to... You're in for a long haul. All right. Let's give him another name. So the young boy's mom would send word to George W. Knapp, okay. who happened to be both the doctor, the town's doctor and coroner. Well, yeah. There weren't as many people back then. It's like the okay. 1890s. They didn't have as many people as they have now, so they had to like double up on jobs. Okay, yeah. So you had to have like... Like, a teacher would also, at night, have to be like the hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like she had to. She gave lessons in uh, uh, math in the day and sex ed at night. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was the first sex ed was like well practical education. Yeah, this yeah. is the vulva, real hands on training. <laughs> and here's the clitoris. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, both the mother and Edward Stribling Trout Shoe would arrive at his house at the same time shortly after. Okay. It would take George W. Knapp about one hour for him to show up. Okay. When he got there, he found only Zool. (laughs) (laughs) There is no Elva Zona Easter. (laughs) Only Zool. Okay, Elva, I just need my dinner. I just, you know, come on. How do you like your eggs? (laughs) What a a convenient Zool. He cooks your eggs. (laughs) Sunny side up. Coming right up. And it's just like, bing. Do you like bell peppers? No, no, that's good. Just the eggs. Hash browns. No, no. <laughs> We're good. 
Baker. <laughs> Here's the thing. At home, you don't understand. Kevin, like, will, like, stare me down in the eyes when he does these characters. Orange juice. <laughs> it's, like, scary and funny at the same time. I'm so scared and I'm laughing. Welcome to IHOB. <laughs> IHOP. What's IHOP? So IHOP changed their whole brand and name to IHOP. What? Yes, they're not the International House of Pancakes anymore. The International House of Burgers now. Seriously? Yeah. And I just think that they should really take a lesson from New Coke and not yeah. do that. <laughs> I I actually saw that in the description. I'm kind of like, huh. It's what that is. That's, That's what I was talking about. Because it's like just at the moment where we're talking about a terrible corporate debacle in history. Another corporate branding debacle is underway right now. Because I wouldn't really cool. even know what IHOB is. Yeah. No. Well, now you do. I don't, I don't like it. Hobble on over to IHOB. <laughs> I want my pancakes. Don't take away my pancakes. Where are no pancakes. <laughs> 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 my pancakes? He found Zool. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. Oh, really? Yeah. When Zool wasn't there? <laughs> uh, he found that Edward Stribling Trout Shoe uh, had brought Elva Zona Heaster uh, upstairs to their bed and had dressed her in an outfit with a, quote, high stiff collar. Whoa. Yep. Oh. How long had he been alone with her? Uh, about an hour. Mm. Um, he also had covered her face with a veil. Oh, dear. Um, what a good grieving husband. I don't know. Mm. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I mean, I've never been a grieving husband. Maybe I'll kill my husband tonight <laughs> and then see what that's like. And then put him in a dress with a high, stiff neck and I think then a he'd veil. appreciate it. Yeah. Like, I think it would be a good way to honor him. You just have to have the green wig on. No problem. I like the green wig. What green wig? The green wig he wore for oh, his quinceanera. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, my husband had a quinceanera party. I love it. <laughs> recently. Um, all right. So this obviously was unusual. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was? I don't know. Uh, normally the body... Contrary to what you might think, I was not born yet either. Oh. So I don't know these times. I, didn't, I wasn't assuming that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What I mean. <laughs> uh, normally the body would be uh, left until the women in the area, whose job it was, uh, would come and change the person that had died. Change them? Yeah. Into what? Like that, their death outfit. Oh. Like you'd put them in an outfit to be buried in. Oh, is that right? They like okay. they basically like would wash them. Not prepared. change her into like you know coat hanger or something. <laughs> <laughs> they put her in a dress and like, and when rigor mortis sets in, they put they put her arms up so she could stand in a corner. Taxidermy the shit out of her. Yeah, I saw the body exhibit. Did you ever see that? No, I haven't yet. It's it's really cool, but yeah. it's not like taxidermied people. No, they... it's like specific body parts and like you're seeing. Right, but they also knew about it. They were like, cool, yeah. with it. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, All so right. okay, so normally women like the area like dead women, women. Yeah, it's just women. They don't have jobs. Oh, they had to double up on jobs. This is yeah. other women, yeah. like just the normal. Like this is the school teacher, or this is the local nurse who also is a dead person preparer. Yeah, she comes with a bell. Bring out your dead. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what? A, what a time stew we have going. Right. So, uh, nevertheless, despite the weirdness, mm-hmm. Doctor George W. Knapp would begin the examination of the body to find the cause of death. That seems like what a doctor should do. Right. Sure. Uh, during this time, however, uh, Edward Stribling Trout Shoe held onto his wife's head and would not let go while he sobbed. Oh. Dr. George W. Knapp was sympathetic to the husband's sorrow and decided he would do a speedy examination. Okay. He did note 
some bruising on the neck, however, and wanted to look closer, but Edward Stribling Trout Shoe apparently lost his shit, and Dr. George W. Knapp decided he was done. Uh-oh. So he left, and he wrote that the cause of death was, quote, everlasting faint, which is known as a heart attack. Everlasting faint? Yeah. Oh, how romantic. I want to die from that. Everlasting faint. Oh! Oh! Oh, she just fainted. Everlasting. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, but then later it would be strangely changed to, quote, childbirth, but nobody in history knows if she was actually pregnant or she not. She died in childbirth, is what they're saying. Yeah. Who but, changed that? So, I I don't know. That was, like, it was a weird part of the story. That's weird. It seems pretty obvious she was not in childbirth. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, doc, very Dr. George W. Knapp was apparently helping her with her, quote, female trouble mm. only a few weeks before she died. Mm. Uh, so, Mental Floss, one of the websites I looked at, said it was changed to, quote, complications from pregnancy. Okay. So, that I could get behind. Yeah. More than childbirth, since there's no, like... Nobody was like, and the baby was just lying on the ground, like, whoa, having been born. And no, she's no, dead. that's like, very dark. That's yeah, very like, gross and dark. So it's just like, that's not what, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, she's... So basically what we're landing on is that, like, the cause of death is really unknown. Right. And, and he killed her, obviously. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. The husband did it. Yeah. Or the butler. Okay. I think it was that boy. It was the butler. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it makes sense because every woman who ever died from complications from pregnancy always would have died uh, perfectly straight on the ground with one arm yeah. on her side and one arm over the area where the baby would have been. Of course. That's how women who are pregnant die. Yeah. Right? Everybody knows that, Jason. Yeah. Everlasting faint. Oh. Uh, mm. So, okay, when Mary Jane Heaster, the mother of Elvazona Heaster, heard that Elvazona Heaster was dead, she supposedly said, quote, the devil has killed her. Meaning the vagrant. Yep. Uh, okay. Now, remember when I mentioned earlier that she had apparently had a child? Okay, so there's still no mention of the, what happened to the child from earlier. Like, she's dead now and nobody's taking care of her baby. Oh. So, like, who knows what happened to that baby? I don't. So, exactly. You're the one supposed to do the research, okay? You I, didn't find the baby? No. Well, then why is it my fucking job? <laughs> Where's the baby? <laughs> <laughs> my baby! <laughs> Elva Zona Heaster would be buried on January 24th, 1897. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a cemetery known today as the Sewell Chapel Methodist Cemetery. Okay. Um, In West Virginia. Yeah. Somewhere. So during the wake, Edward Stribling Trout Shoe would not leave his wife's side. Mm. The wake had an open casket and uh, was inside his house. Okay. He started acting, like, super weird. And uh, he started, like, pacing around the body and uh, and the open casket. And he would start, like, messing with her head and neck. Um, what? And no one was allowed to go clo- get close to the body. At one point, he added a pillow to one side of Elva Zona Easter's head and had a sheet that had been rolled up. For the other side. You gotta start calling her Elva or something. You've gotta start calling him Edward and you've gotta start calling her Elva because I can't stand this anymore. I really cannot stand hearing their full fucking names every time. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> and you can see it, uh, well, you can't see it at home, but I literally wrote their full name out each time. Yeah, you did. Just go with Elva and Edward, please. <laughs> Please. So, uh, were you a good plant? Uh, <laughs> please, Daddy. Uh, so, he claimed it would help her, quote, rest easier. The pillow in and there? And the sheet. Okay. If that wasn't odd enough, he also tied an oversized scarf around her neck and head. 
he would tell people that she loved the scarf and it was her favorite and she needed it for the grave, apparently. So he's doing all this to the body? In, in front of everyone. At the wake? Yeah. That's so creepy. Yeah, so Mental Floss points out that people were like, that doesn't go with her dress. The scarf. And I'm like, because, yeah, dead people really give a flying fuck about fashion. Well, also, I mean, like, this is really not the concern that we should be having. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> your your widower is, like, the guy who probably killed you <laughs> is fucking with your body yeah. at the wake in front of your family. And people are like, that's not fashionable. Yeah. Actually, that scarf is yeah. not very fashionable. I'm fine with you, like, wobbling her head around. But that scarf... And, yeah, you've got, like, the ant is going, really? really? Stripes and plaids? Really? <laughs> I think that people of this time had just a different relationship to dead bodies. No, no completely. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, then they brought her coffin to the cemetery. People started to note that her head seemed slightly off, like a little wobbly. Seemed off? Yeah. Like, off-off? Not, like, off completely, but just, like, a miss. Wait, were they bringing the coffin to the thing open casket too? I don't know. Was it wasn't on like a platter. What kind of she, like they put her on a cot and took <laughs> they, her over? They stuffed an apple in her face. Totally. <laughs> yeah, her head seems a little wobbly. One of the luau dancers told me that. <laughs> I just like that they're comparing like he- he- dead people heads. Like this person's head was really rigid, and hers yeah. seems really loose. Look, I've seen a lot of dead heads. Yeah. And hers is really wobbly. Yeah. Really wobbly. It's like a bobble head. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to invent that. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) 50-50. All right. So most people really, they they thought it was more like he was in a state of grief than anything. His weirdness. Okay. And the town, for the most part, like, really liked him. So no one suspected him of foul play. Okay. Mary Jane Heaster, however, Mm -hmm. she was calling shenanigans. Okay. She never liked him. Even from the beginning of when she first met him. She Sounds like, like a mother-in-law she, to yeah, me. Yeah, she was like... <laughs> <laughs> I love my mother-in-law. I was going to say, I have a great relationship yeah. with my mother-in-law. <laughs> Winning! Okay, so after the wake, she went over to the casket and took the rolled-up sheet out and tried to hand it over to Edward, and he wouldn't take it. Okay. Yeah. She became aware of the fact that the sheet kind of smelled off, like uh-huh. something smelled weird, so she washed it. And the water turned red, despite there not having been, like, a stain. And then the sheet became pink because it was in red water, and it would not become unpink. Like, she couldn't get the stain out. Okay, there was blood in the sheet that she didn't know about or something? Maybe, I don't know. It's weird. But That's Mary... a strange detail, Jason. <laughs> Mary now had her evidence that Edward had murdered Elva. Ah! I mean, not real evidence, but divine evidence. Not really, yeah, because yeah. it's in the sink and it's gone now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> for the next four weeks, she would pray to her daughter, begging for her to return to tell her what happened so that she could avenge her death. Oh, dear. Enter Slimer. Oh. <laughs> God. Slimer, <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> Sorry, I mean Elva's ghost. Right, got it. Yeah. Okay. Or more commonly known as the Greenbrier ghost. Okay. All right. She came to her mother for four nights in a row, and when she would come, she would start as a glowing light that would morph into the body of Elva, and the room would grow cold. Okay. Um, this is being reported by the mother? Yep. All right. Then they would get together at the pottery wheel and would make sweet love to each other. Stop it! it <laughs> <laughs> come on, it's West Virginia. <laughs> All right, no, you're right. They wouldn't do that because it's two women, not because they're mother and daughter. <laughs> Right, women don't have sex with yeah. each other. That's gross. Gay people don't exist. Oh, that's um, funny. 
All right, I'm kidding. Obviously. I do. I I am. I, I have to. I have to admit. I'm enjoying you adding the little the cinematic ghost. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she would reveal that her husband was abusive okay. and uh, killed her because she hadn't made meat for dinner that night. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, really crazy. And like, I'm like the punishment for that is that he broke her neck. Hmm. Because that's logical. Mm, well, um, so you're taking the evidence of a ghost, like, as reported by her mother over a hundred years ago. Yeah, so, about a hundred years before a very good day. I didn't say what it was. <laughs> we know what it is. <laughs> All right. Ugh. So she uh, she showed her mother that it was indeed broken, the neck. Because Ew, she showed her mom? Yeah, so oh. she full-on turned her head around facing the other way, a la Death Becomes Her. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. And then she would vanish into the darkness uh, in the evening, walking away from her mother while her head was still facing her mom. Oh, that's creepy as hell. Yeah. Oh, the idea. Oh. <laughs> oh. So uh, oh. she would tell okay. her mom uh, the same story for the same every night for four nights. Yeah. Yeah. And the, by the fourth night, like the first night, mom was like, ah! And then by the fourth night, she's like, no, I, I know. I got it. I know. You told me this three nights in a row. Can, let's, can we talk about something else? <laughs> so mom went three billboards of Ebbing, Missouri on Edward's ass. <laughs> <laughs> she went to John Alfred Preston, mm-hmm. the uh, prosecutor of the area, and forced him to reopen the case in her daughter's death. Okay. Uh, she basically had to convince him over several hours. She's, like, talking about the ghost, and he's like, well, I can't open it because of a ghost. And she's like, the neck was broken. Like, here's the evidence, blah, blah, blah. He finally decided to reopen the case mm-hmm. and sent deputies to check back in with people who they'd already spoken to the first go-round. Okay. Uh, people dispute whether he reopened it because he believed in ghosts or whether he was trying to stop rumors from happening. Because mm-hmm. now that everyone in town's like, I think she was murdered. And so, like, he's got to stop this before, like, you know, a lynching mob starts. Okay. And it's a chaos. Sure. Uh, one of the people he re-talked to was Dr. George W. Knapp. Okay. Remember him? John Alfred Preston questioned Dr. George W. Knapp himself. Okay. And when the doctor revealed that he didn't do a full examination, that was all John needed to reopen the case and the casket and to do an autopsy. Okay. Well, that's good. I feel like that's a good idea. And an inquest jury was formed. What's that? It's basically like, we're getting people together to see if we need to have another trial. Fine. On February 22nd, Mm -hmm. 1897, Elva Zona Heaster was dug up out of the ground and brought to the school, which was one of those old-timey, one-giant-room schoolhouses. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Where the the hooker teacher was teaching. Well... During class. No, it's where she taught in the day, and then it's also where she had her special sessions at night. Yes. Mm -hmm. Light the candle on your way out, children. (laughs) I gotta get ready for my other class. Leave your lunch money on the dresser. Oh, that's so dark. <laughs> so, uh, that's a different bright side. <laughs> we'll find her. Uh, the autopsy would be over three hours, and Edward was, uh, despite his objections, was re- required to be there. Really? Yep. What? Legally, because he was the husband. You had to watch the autopsy of your deceased... What fucked up law is that, West Virginia? I don't know. So, he would later reveal... That uh, he knew he was going to be arrested. I mean, it's good for people who did kill their spouses, but yeah. most people don't kill their spouses, yeah. in my experience. And uh, God. He, he basically knew 
despite being arrested, that he was about to be arrested, that he, they couldn't prove that he did it. The official report, which was released on March 9th, 1897, would read in the Pocahontas Times, hmm. quote, The discovery was made that the neck was broken and the windpipe mashed. Hmm. On the throat were the marks of fingers indicating that she had been choked. The neck was dislocated between the, sec- the first and second vertebrae. The ligaments were torn and ruptured. The windpipe had been crushed at a point in front of the neck. Okay. And um, the rest of the body was in tip-top shape. Oh. So she didn't die of an everlasting faint. Sure. She didn't that's die not of actually childbirth. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, I have the vapors forever. <laughs> okay, so now it said that Mary Jane Heaster revealed to John Alfred Preston the exact way that Elva had died, mm-hmm. was murdered, and the autopsy matched the statements. Okay. All right, so here's where we get a little conspiracy theory here. Cool. Some people suspect that Mary Jane Heaster killed her daughter and framed Edward uh, and made up the ghost story so that she could get him convicted of murder because she didn't like him. But the fact was that he had already dressed her up by the time people showed up and he was fussing with the dress and her head and neck and veil. Like, I, I feel like it's a stretch. That, well, yeah. Like, why would you kill your daughter to, like, frame your the guy you didn't like for... I don't know. It's just, it, like, that... People are, like, because the stories match so quickly and, and people can't believe in ghosts, it's like, that seems weird. People, shut up. But my thing is, is that she probably saw some of the stuff on her daughter's neck and subconsciously figured it out. Yeah. Like, it, that's really most likely. Well, I mean, I think you're also not giving weight to the the idea that there's... The ghost told her. Hello. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. my neck is broke, bitch. Yeah, I know. You told me that three nights ago. It's so broken. Can we just talk about the what? real housewives? <laughs> ah! <laughs> Stop doing that. I hate it. Bye. I've Edward... still not gotten my eggs. <laughs> Edward Stribling Trout Shoe was arrested for the murder of his wife. Woohoo! Uh, okay, so now. <laughs> Before we get to the trial, let's Feels do like a, a weird thing to cheer. A little back history on Edward. Oh, fun. Elva was actually his third wife. Oh, okay. His first wife, Ellen Cutlip, okay, left him because he beat her and he was abusive. Okay. Uh, she left him while he was doing time for stealing a horse from someone else. Jeez. Um, they had a child though and named her Goethe Lucretia Shue. I like it. Uh, she would go and live and be raised by Ellen Cutlip's parents. Okay. Um. See, at least I know what happened to fucking Gerda. I don't yeah. even know what happened to Elva's baby. We're not going to talk about the irony of a person being a person named Cutlip being an abused person. I was going to see if you if you went. There. Oh, I went there. <laughs> During while he was in jail uh, for horse napping, mm-hmm. he was very open about the fact that he said that he was he dreamed of marrying seven women during his life. Wow, like that was his goal. His goal was to marry seven women, different women. Sure. So seven his, brides for me. Yeah. <laughs> You don't the, know that lesser-known musical. Okay, you do. instead of seven brides for seven. You brothers. probably you probably know all the t- fucking brides' names. <laughs> don't Dorothy. start. Don't. <laughs> His uh, second wife, Lucy Tritt, died mysteriously within a year of them being married. There is a lot of speculation to how she died. Mm-hmm. Some people think she fell on ice when she was pregnant. Again, another fucking, like, she must be pregnant. Like, fell on, like, an ice, like, like a, a pond that was, or, or like, tri- slipped on a piece of ice. <laughs> I do like the idea that they, like, threw her on an ice pile like a little fish. Well, I think. <laughs> and then she's just like, well, I'm dead now. That's weird, yeah. She, t- she died of everlasting troutness. There's also thought that she got hit so, on the head with a brick. Lucy, sorry, Lucy Tritt became Lucy Tritt Trout Shoe? Yep. Okay. Uh, she, 
She also got possibly got hit in the head with a brick thrown by Edward as he was fixing their fireplace. Like that's a possibility, also. Yeah, and okay. some some people are like, yeah, Maybe. who doesn't throw bricks? You've redone your fireplace, don't you? Just throw bricks at it? No, I oh. I covered it. You're doing it wrong. I know. And here's the thing: I know redoing fireplaces and redoing things in the house can make you angry. Like DIY projects are, can be challenging, but like I have never been compelled to fling shit at my husband, sure. even when frustrated. I basically sure. just scream for him to leave the room so I can curse and be angry by myself. Well, that's why you've only married one person so far. Yeah, well, so far. Well, yeah. The goal is ever. I know the goal is one. That's my point. This is just like, this is how you're different from this murdering asshole. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so anyway, he would... For uh, now. He would, uh, <laughs> while he was in jail for the second time for murder, tell reporters that there was no evidence and he was sure to get off. Oh, boy. Enter the trial. Da-da-da-da. June 22nd, 1897. Talk about a speedy trial, right? No kidding. Like, he got in right away. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's because there's, like, nothing happening in West Virginia. No one else has been murdered for, like, two years. Mary Jane Heaster became the star of the show. So John, the local prosecutor, asked her a ton of questions and avoided anything to do with the ghost sighting. Okay. Prosecutor. He didn't want her to look like she was crazy or anything. That's good. You don't want your star witness to look like she's batshit crazy. Sure. So Edward, that's a, hey, that's if anyone's here in, if anyone's listening and you're in law school, that's good advice anytime. Yeah, your star witness should not seem batshit crazy. <laughs> I saw a ghost. Just call that free advice. I want to testify about how I saw a ghost. Uh, maybe we can talk about not that. So Edward's lawyer, however, dove headfirst into the trap of in his cross examination of her. He basically wanted to talk only about the ghost. Okay. But Mary didn't back down and remained calm despite a hostile lawyer. Okay. Um, I actually read, like, the transcripts, and she did a wonderful job. Oh, yeah? Like, despite the fact that the lawyer tried to make her look superstitious so and crazy. did she say that she's, she learned this from a ghost? Yeah. Or no? She did. But And he's like, well, do you believe in God? And she's like, yeah, I, I believe in God. And he's like, but you... But ghosts aren't real, and she's like, "Yeah, but this was real. Like this is real." And like, and she, and he's like, "You're superstitious." She, she's like, "I'm not superstitious. I believe in God and the Holy Spirit." And my daughter came and told me. Wow. And everyone on the jury was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah." Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it didn't make her look crazy or weird or anything other than a woman who was told about the murder of her daughter by her dead daughter. I believe in God, the Holy Spirit, and one one ghost. specific ghost, the Holy Ghost. But okay, two. Two. <laughs> Two ghosts. Two ghosts. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and my daughter ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because the defense had brought up the ghost, the judge was not able to really tell the jury to disregard it as evidence. And most of the jury believed it was real. Okay. So Edward would get up on the stand after that and would ask the jury to, quote, to look him in the face and then say if he was guilty. Oh, let's do this. Okay. Look me in the face. Yeah, you're guilty. What? You're guilty. What did I do? You have a very guilty look about you. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Normally everyone always says I'm looking innocent. I think you've killed some plants recently. I didn't try. <laughs> they wanted it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Just, it, was, it was a BDSM scene that went a little too far. All right, I admit it. Yeah. I wrapped them in cellophane. <laughs> I withheld water. <laughs> <laughs> they were thanking me to the end. Wow. The Greenbrier Independent is quoted as saying, mm-hmm. quote, that his testimony, manner, and so forth made an unfavorable impression on the spectators. Mm-hmm. Which makes They sense. didn't enjoy your testimony, your manner, or your so forth. But I'm so flawless. Mm, it was your so forth that did you in. I'm a blacksmith. <laughs> 
Race doesn't have to come into this, sir. Well, I'm not. I'm not a black man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so uh, after only seventy minutes of deliberation, Edward Stribling Trout Shoe mm-hmm. was found guilty and was given life in jail. Uh, despite the fact that all the evidence was circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, 10 of the 12 jurors wanted to give him the death penalty, but two didn't agree with that, and it needed to be unanimous. Okay. To get the death penalty, everyone got to agree. So Um, you got life instead of death. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of town folks, because of that, were really pissed off, and a lynching mob was formed. Oh. (laughs) But a uh, deputy sheriff stopped them before they could get to him. Okay. Uh, Apparently, a man named George M. Hera let the sheriff know they were coming. That's all we know about George. No, and then he founded a casino. Oh. Yeah, Harrah's. Oh. The, the, the tr- you know, the um, Lake Tahoe stuff? That's his? I have no idea. Good for you, George. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> heard it here first? You heard it here wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so Sheriff Nickel took Edward uh, out into the woods to hide until everyone calmed down. Oh, that must have been a fun trip before yeah. he knew it was like to save his life. Well, if you're being walked to the woods by the sheriff, you gotta be you got to be thinking, okay, I'm about to die. Actually, I think they told him we need to hide you. Yeah. And then he was like unable to put his shoes on because he was so agitated. Oh, still. Yeah, exactly, because he thought, yeah, sure. You're killing me, yeah. Right. Later, four of the mob's leaders would be brought up on charges oh, for inciting sure. a lynching mob, which well. is... Unusual in that kind of history. Yeah. You know, back then, at that time, a white man could kill... Well, his... they were trying to kill a white man. Yeah, that's... So, can't have that. <sighs> yeah. History. Well, white people. We're terrible. Yeah. Um, so, Edward uh, would spend the rest of his long life, three more years, oh. in the uh, West Virginia You have a weird <laughs> definition of what long is. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to think of what that means for your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> At least 90. I wasn't talking about length and years, my friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, March uh, 13, 1900, he would die of an outbreak of some illness. Okay. Uh, they think it was like maybe pneumonia or the measles. Who cares, really? It was, if it was pneumonia, I fucking hate pneumonia. Okay. Just... For the record. What if it was measles? You're fine with measles? I'm neutral on measles? I have vaccines, so... okay. I'm not worried about measles. All right, well, let's make this about you somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Jane Heaster, (laughs) to the day she died in 1916, insisted that she had been visited by her daughter. Right. However, Elva Zona Heaster would never be sighted again. So the Greenbrier ghost just made that one visit and sent a guy... Four visits. Well, sure, four visits. And sent a guy to prison for the rest of his short life. Yes. Wow. That uh, is a really tactical ghost. Yeah. Usually ghosts are hanging around and then they don't do anything in particularly good. Yeah. For, like, a long time. But this ghost is, you know. Yeah. She got her shit done. Yeah. She, she was, was like, like, really, she had, like, a list of things to do. It had one thing on it. Yeah. She did it. And she was like, good. I'm, I'm set. Done now. Uh, West Virginia actually also placed a state historical marker uh, near where she'd buried um, where she's what? Buried. If you say that funny. Is it not how you're supposed to say it? I don't know. I say buried. Buried? Oh. But, you know, buried works. <laughs> it's just, you said it like really extreme that time. Buried. <laughs> I'm from New England. I like it. So, yeah. Because I say water, water instead of water. You say, so what if you were buried in water? <laughs> Do you, would you like to have a water burial? <laughs> no, that's like a worst thing ever. You get all bloaty. <laughs> so... 
The uh, the marker reads, interred in the nearby cemetery is Zona Heaster Shoe. Her mm-hmm. death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband, Edward. Wow. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Mm. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. That is cool. Yeah, so it literally is the only case in American history where a ghost was used. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, okay, what's the bright side to all this? I don't know. Yeah. Are we at the bright side? We're at the bright side. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's certainly, I mean, it's a personal tragedy for that family, for sure. Yeah. Ugh, awful. To me, justice was served. Even though it was not completely justly, because it was circumstantial evidence, like, they could never prove... With certainty. Right, but, I mean, the guy did it. Right. Right. Um, also, he was tried and put in jail, and the townsfolks were stopped from doing the whole two wrongs make a right kind of thing. Well, that's true. So that is good. Um, the mom saw her daughter's death avenged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an abuser who basically planned a strike again, like, he was going to marry seven women, yeah. was stopped from doing that. Well, that so is whether, good. Whether or not he did kill her or not, which I think he did, mm-hmm. like... No other women were abused. He certainly does not seem like a good guy. Right. It's like does not seem like a case of like an innocent man railroaded in any sense. Well, and that's the thing. Ab- abusers tend to be serial abusers. They mm-hmm. don't tend to be like I'm just going to abuse this one person. Mm-hmm. Like like there's you know, I've read I've read books like do you, do you ever read the child called it series Mm-mm. it's a story about a, it's like a, a guy wrote about being abused as a kid from mm-hmm. his mom mm-hmm. and everything. And in the book series, he gets out and gets put into, like, the foster system. And in one of the trials, he learns that, like, he sees that, like, another brother is now being abused. Mm Because, like, people who abuse, they, even if they just pick one on one person, they always have to have someone that they're... It's, like, a messed up thing. Yeah. So, like, to me, the fact that this guy who is conditioned to do this was stopped... That's definitely a bright side. I mean, like, he was taken out of the situation. Like, yeah. he couldn't do that to anybody else ever again. It's it's crazy to me, though, too, that, like, like a, a man acting weird and impeding an investigation. Like, that doctor should be ashamed, you know? Yeah. I hope he was, because, like, like he's impeding the, like, inquisition onto the body. He's acting really, really weird, like, objectively weird. Right. And we let him, we, we say that's, you know, grief, and we're like, that's going to be fine, you know? Yeah. And so, it's like... Whatever was going on there, ghost or mother knowing, like, mother's intuition and then creating a story that would be compelling to people. Right. Yeah, you're right. The The correct outcome happened right. from it, you know? Like, a wrong was righted. Right. In a very weird way. A very roundabout way. Yeah. I, I mean, I also like the fact that it's like it's kind of this cool folklore story but there is history here yeah like i love that i i love that there's this historical marker i think that's a real bright spot where it just it just says that the ghost did this thing you yeah. know that's hilarious like like the, the the marker says you know all right this woman was murdered by her husband but nobody knew it until she came her back. ghost told her mother yeah <laughs> And wow, okay. And what about the like the whole turning her head around thing? Like that's like well, I mean, I, it's hard to give a lot of credence to. Like, I mean, do you believe in ghosts? Um, I believe that something could be there. I like I, if you watch like the paranormal like ghost hunting shows. I like the ones where they try to prove it's not a ghost mm. and they do it scientifically. And they always say like, "There's something we can't explain mm. that happened in this house." Mm. Doesn't mean it is paranormal. 
but like there, there's stuff we can't explain. Mm-hmm. I think once science gets there and we can figure out what it is, mm-hmm. we'll have explanations. Yeah. But because there's like there's naturally occurring like electro phenomenon okay. that like it's not necessarily a ghost, but like who knows? Maybe there is. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I guess maybe, but I don't personally believe in ghosts, especially like this kind of apparition that would be like, yeah, you know, so specific and like that kind of thing. Uh, it's a fun story. Like, oh, I, like I love ghost stories in the sense of like it's cool to like be like, ooh, that's scary. Well, I, I even want what I want to believe in this situation is that the mom created the story whole cloth because she was playing on she because she was so knowledgeable about the superstitions and what people would believe in what would be a compelling yeah. story and got the shit done you know yeah. so that's what i want to believe is that she just made it up well she i mean she totally like i mean i'm not i was sort of being playful when i said she went three billboard boards on this guy but like no she she fucking went after him yeah she did she was like I know what happened. Uh-huh. We're solving this exactly, and and she took care of business. Yeah, and in, in in you know it might have been through superstition or through like whatever, but she did it in whatever means she had. When and back then, like the the testimony of a woman didn't hold the same weight as the testimony of a man. So like or a ghost. Or a, <laughs> <laughs> but it, well, well, goddamn, yeah, man, that was that's a fucked up time. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. West Virginia, uh, melanoma. No, <laughs> country roads though. It's country West Virginia, oh. mountain mama saw a ghost. <laughs> Her head was broke. <laughs> well, that was fun. Where'd you find this? Uh, Matt helped me find it. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank yeah. you, my husband. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Uh, please continue to rate and review the show. We love it. Yeah. I'm betting there's going to be a poll when this episode drops. No about question. Whether or not you believe in ghosts. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Thanks for listening. <laughs> there's only Zool. <laughs> <laughs> this has been The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. Bye. Bye. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at BrightSideKNJ, and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.TheBrightSideWithKevinAndJason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on The Bright, bright Side! side.